Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. No pause there. Interesting. Good. Um, it's the Keen Odyssey part. I don't even know which part it is. I haven't got part the notes fuck. in front of me. <laughs> yeah, part, part fuck. Yeah, part fuck. Um, we've reached the stage where Roy is signed for Manchester United. He's got his uh, legal difficulties with Kenny Dalglish and the, <laughs> the uh, Cypriot Ocean. Yeah. Out of the way. He's had to resort to maritime law. Bobby Charlton yeah. came and, he and fixed uh, it. dealt with it. Mm. And uh, he says, uh, when I signed for United, I lived in the Four Seasons Hotel near Manchester Airport. Okay. Sounds nice. It was a temporary arrangement while I searched for a flat or a house. And of course, later on, when he went to Sunderland, he got himself fixed up with student digs. Mm. But this was a younger, raw, uh, more naive Roy. And he's living in the Four Seasons Hotel near the airport. <laughs> um, apart from training and matches, there was nothing to do. You fucking imagine well, that, Roy Keane. Yeah, I mean, you know, why? What I did was I got off the plane and I checked into the first hotel that I saw. Four Seasons. That one. <laughs> I walked out of the barches. Where are you going to live? There! <laughs> that reminds me of the story about El Hadj Juff. Have I told you that one when he signed for Sunderland? Oh, yeah. What is and he went to the training ground and he signed the deal and everything. Then he, he walked out of the training ground and just next door, there's like a farmhouse kind of thing. And he knocked on the door and offered to buy the farmhouse for a million pounds. <laughs> ah, yeah. I don't know if it's true. I want to believe it's true, though. That's great. Um, so he's, he's in this... Uh, is in the Four Seasons with nothing to do. You imagine Roy came with nothing to do. This is 1993 oh, as well. There's no, there's no. Well, there's some internet. There's no Sky. No, there'd be no internet, would there? There's no, no internet. Console. Yeah, I've been games. down. I've been down to the business center. They I had call a game it the boy. business center. I had a Game Boy. I've been Tetris. Non-stop. I need a long one. I need a long one. <laughs> the long one never comes when you need it most. Fuck off. What the fuck is Z ship coming down for again? Fuck off, Z ship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could turn them round. <laughs> Fuck me! I didn't Why didn't someone tell me that fucking soon? I could have spared myself a lot of fucking time. I didn't know I could rotate the Z ship. I've fucking been through a dozen Game Boys <laughs> on my first day in this hotel. The car I'd park smashed, is littered. Smashed the fuck out of them. <laughs> I thought this can't go on, Roy. <laughs> Tetris has turned into a different game called How Far Can I Throw the Game Boy Out the Window? <laughs> <laughs> and if the designer of Tetris, John Tetris, I think his name is, John Tetris. is reading this now, let me tell he you. He invented it in 1862, I believe. You're an absolute fucking cunt hole. <laughs> it's a stupid game made by a stupid man for stupid people. And it's a waste of time. And I can't stop. Fuck off. I can't stop. <laughs> Uh, most of my time was spent eating room service meals while watching television as I was now Britain's most expensive footballer and a Manchester United star eating in the hotel restaurant was difficult there was only four channels in those days every night it was either Boone or uh, 
from May to December. Some weird you know, stuff on Channel 4, I don't understand. You know the one, May to December. I used to like Brookside, <laughs> that was quite good. And because it still had what's the name in it then, Beth. She was lovely. <laughs> and then, but then she turned out to be a lesbian, and I found that confusing. Um, and I spent a lot of time <laughs> watching, you know, the one, the spin off series they did, where two of them moved away to another town and one of them got murdered. <laughs> Damon, Damon, Damon yeah. and Debbie. Yeah, Damon and Debbie. It was quite good, but in the end, it, it got very repetitive. I was bored. I needed something else in my life. Uh, he says, I found it very difficult to cope with this, the kind of fame that accompanied my status as a footballer. You could describe this as the Greta Garbo syndrome. Mm. Dunphy, what's this you put here? <laughs> Greta Garbo? <laughs> Who did he play for? Is he a Frenchman? <laughs> I wanted to be alone well not quite as alone as I found myself during the early months in Manchester although I couldn't hack small talk and glad handing or casual invasion of my space what you reckon imagine small talk <clears throat> hey Roy nice weather for the time of year don't you think <laughs> fuck off <laughs> alright then okay good to see you too I said fuck off <clears throat> Roy it's a nice shirt you're wearing Where'd you get your shirts from? <laughs> Go fuck yourself. That's where I get them from. <laughs> you fucking, you're time waster. <clears throat> you're time wasting concha. <clears throat> talking to me about me fucking shirts. Fucking, you should be you should be training. You're fucking lightweight. <laughs> Which one are you, Trini or Susanna? <laughs> Who are you, fucking Jeff Banks? Fucking. Having a court show. Which I never watch. <laughs> even though it's on one of the four channels that I've got. I seen him now in a person commercial. Fucking sell out! <laughs> <laughs> he says I actually ached for company at times. That's oh, that's, that's poetic. Dunphy, <laughs> what do you mean? I've never ached. So it wasn't a physical in- uh, injury. I just, I said just that meant it like a muscle strain. You had a muscle strain because you were uh, sitting down a lot. All I'm saying is, it would have been nice had someone, you know, one of the lads like Steve Chettle <laughs> or, or, or one of the others from Forest, just called me once in a while to see what I was up to. I wouldn't say I ached. <laughs> Not in my hamstring. Oh, this is quite sad. He says, just as I didn't want my space invaded, I tried to stay out of the other players' spaces. Therein, perhaps. <laughs> Dunphy, put therein, perhaps. That's nice, Dad. It's got a ring to it. Write it down just like you said it. <laughs> therein, perhaps, lies the foundation of the myth that's developed about me being a loner. Stupidity and pride meant that I would never dream of making the first move to initiate a friendship. Oh, Oh, he's got the heart. He's got a heart the size of his body, but mm. he just doesn't know how to reach out to another human. Yeah, he doesn't. He, the, what that is is that's rooted in fear of rejection. Yeah, probably. And there might be some self-loathing involved in it as yeah. well, because you're that's thinking, why he lashes out so easily. Who would want to be friends with an animal like me? Yeah, but you're not an animal, Roy. You're a human with a heart. Just. Just like take, anyone else. Take a second or two. When they ask you about your shirt, where you got it from, Roy, yeah. just take a second or two. That is how human relationships it. are formed, and it might seem silly to you, but you have to engage in that level yeah. of chit-chat in order to form bonds that might, over time, become more meaningful. Even if you need to say it to that person, I need to take a couple of seconds, I need to go and have a conversation with myself by the wall, you know, like they're doing dragons. Wait there! Down. Wait there! Nice shirt you got there, Roy. Okay, wait there, just one I minute. I can do this. Don't fucking move, right? I'll be back. 
Go on. No, fucking. Come on now. Count to ten. Breathe. He's just trying to be nice. It's not just about the shirt, but it kind of is just about the shirt. Remember this is what? a gateway. This is a gateway into something else. It could be something deeper. Remember what Mammy said. It's important to be friendly if you want to make friends. Come on now. You can do this, right? Okay. Politely tell them where you got the shirt. It Thanks just... for waiting. <laughs> I don't know where the shirt's from. Me mammy bought it for me. I think she got it at the market in Cork. Would you like to go for a beer sometime? <laughs> Answer now! <laughs> Answer me! <laughs> Alright, fine, you don't want to. Good, fuck you. Have the shirt. Here, take it off. There you go. Have it if you like it so much. Oh, I fucking ruined another situation here. <laughs> 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 he talks about the social life as being a Manchester United player um, Ferguson was well aware that drinking sessions serious ones took place but Ferguson also had a network of informants in the Manchester area who supplied him with information about the social behaviour of his players he says Manchester was a village you couldn't move without the gaffer finding out so every morning he'd go in to train and, and Ferguson would know where he'd been who he'd been with, what time he'd left, what time he'd got into a taxi to go home. How was yesterday, Fred? Pork last night. <laughs> Kino. What pass? <laughs> and the pak choy, I see. Nice to see you eating your greens. Um, I believe that at 11.12pm you went for a piss <laughs> and you went into the cubicle rather than at the, at the trough because that's understandable. You're a famous man now. You're well known. You need your privacy. But I understand... You also picked your nose while you were having a piss. Anything to say about that, Roy? <laughs> That's just something I do now and again, boss. A little build-up in my nose. Have you had any idea about how easily gems can spread that way? Now, you, I know you, as well yeah. as you do. Let me tell you, when you get to be the most expensive player in the country, everyone, every man jack of them, wants to catch one sweet glimpse of your cock. <laughs> right? And that's what everyone's had to deal with. You go and ask Rubble. Brian Robson's just the same. Right. But you've got to fucking show some self-respect even if you are in the cubicle. People are going to dine out on stories of seeing your cock for decades so you need to keep it under wraps if you can. So you use that cubicle. But you picked your nose and then you've wiped it on the wall. You've left your DNA there, Roy. You've left yourself vulnerable. Now... In this Perspex box <laughs> I have here, that particular little bit of snot, it's been retrieved and brought to me overnight <laughs> by one of my, let's see, friends. <laughs> and I want to return it to you now, Roy. And I want you to reinsert it back into your nostril. What? What's the point of that? It's a lesson, Roy. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I put it back up my nose and the bus seemed pleased for now at least <laughs> he said I'd be starting on Saturday as that was as, all I needed to know as long as I kept it up there until then <laughs> I was guaranteed a place in the team he said I could I could push my finger under the other nostril and then just blow it out if I needed to the pitch was a sacred space nobody could get it there <laughs> I soon learned to put up my hands and tell the truth when confronted by the manager honesty was the best policy over the years this worked in my favour I owned up when I was out of order and found that when some of the more lurid tabloid stories about my nights of shame were published Ferguson believed my version of events um, and he talks about the drinking culture at United and Ferguson of course had to stamp it out when he, in his first few years he arrived in 86 and Whiteside Norman Whiteside and Paul yeah. McGraw were both sold because they drank a bit too much yeah yeah, and wasn't it was Strachan part of that? I thought Strachan's actually quite clean living, isn't he? 
I don't know. Whiteside and McGraw were the names I always heard. They were the big ones. But he did. Strachan is very small. I can't imagine him being a ticket Even though he's a Scotsman, he was one of the ones who was shipped out quite early, though. Yeah, like along with Whiteside and McGraw, they were like almost the spine of the team. I don't know what that was because. He'd had him at Aberdeen and He'd then him sold Aberdeen. him to Manchester United, so I don't know yeah, why. And then he arrived and he got shot of him and McGrath. And, and in fact, the only one of the old guard who he didn't get shot of was Robson because yeah. Gary Bailey was replaced with Jim Layton quite early doors, wasn't he? From Aberdeen, yeah. Mm. You couldn't replace Brian Robson. Brian you can't replace the engine from a, the biggest drinker of all of them. Yeah, but he contributed no, so much to yeah. me. I mean, he was Mr. Man United. Yeah. He was Mr. Football. He was untouchable. Fucking hell. I feel wrong just talking about it. Mr. Brian Robson. Mr. John Brian Robson. Yeah, he's invented by Mr. John Brian Robson. Yeah, some people called him John Manchester United because he was that synonymous with the club. (laughs) There's a a story here uh, which ties in with something we talked about in a previous podcast, Mm. which is making a purchase uh, when you don't really want to and you've got out of your depth. Yeah. He goes with a... um, Goes to a jeweller's with Lee Sharp, who is not a great influence, I don't think, Lee Sharp. No. Uh, and he says, uh, he goes to a select jeweller's because Lee, Lee knew a man. He says, Lee Sharp was the man if you needed clothes, cars, or even watches. Lee always knew a man who'd see you right. Hey, hey, Kino, right? <laughs> clothes, cars, watches. Fanny powder. Remember that. Any of those things, you speak to me, I know a bloke of the ducks. I've got regular consignments coming in, I can sort you out with anything you need, just fucking say the word. Give me 48 hours notice though, alright? Anything though, I'll get it for you. You can come down the ducks if you want to, if not, don't, and I'll get get it to you somehow. Don't worry, you just sit tight at the Four Seasons. Are you familiar with the use of cold words? There's a lot of cold words involved in this, Roy. You need to be up to speed with it all. Don't worry though, I'll keep you right, son. Um... So he t- Lee Sharp takes Roy to a, a jeweller's. Kino, do you want to come to a jeweller's with me? That's no. not a cold word. It's an actual jeweller's. No, come on, hang on, wait there. Come on now. He's just asking you to a jeweller's. <laughs> yes, Lee Sharp, I will come to the jeweller's with you. <laughs> I think I, I think I've done it. Next thing I know, we're in the car. We're going to the fucking Great, jeweller's. Let's go. <laughs> I cracked this one. This could be a long-term friendship. <laughs> so. Uh, this is my bit Roy, he's looking for a watch. This is my bit Roy, he's looking for a watch. No problem, says Lee's pal, as he produced a selection from beneath the counter where the uh, the unvoiced understanding hinted the good stuff was kept for special customers. Oh, special watches. Mm. Under the counter watches. Hardcore pornography watches. I've got a special watch for your ear, if you know <laughs> what I mean. It's, it's powered not by battery, but by fanny powder. <laughs> <laughs> the choice was narrowed down to three all nice all fairly expensive but in my price range try not to appear too concerned about price there he goes doing that thing I nevertheless noted one was £2,000 one £1,800 the third £1,100 I was impressed when the jeweller suggested that £1,100 watch was the one I should choose fair play to him he earned less commission selling the less expensive of the three well done Lee I thought as I produced my credit card well done Lee <laughs> this is good I said out loud this is all working out for the best it's a good human interaction we're doing here this is good I've got a friend I've got a watch I'll never be late for any of the other dates not dates but you know human interactions up, human interactions humans, that we may plan often I've learned from the books that they have a time assigned to them and you have to be there at the time and that's why you're encouraging me to get this in watch here for a very reasonable £1100 just worked it out 
<laughs> when Lee's pal returned with the receipt for my signature, I felt sick, really sick. The bill was £11,000. I'd misread the price tag. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> now, with pride at stake, I didn't bottle it. Oh. Not much. I bottled it in a big way. Instead of explaining that there had been an expensive mistake, I signed the receipt like a man. What a cunt. Oh, fucking hell, right. That's not like a man. The ballsy thing to do in a situation like that is to always go, <laughs> I cannot afford this. <laughs> I did that once in a Nike store. There was a right <clears throat> cunt on reception. Oh, no, not reception. Reception <laughs> on the podcast. mic. Right, on the desk. And he was chatting up some other gal who was working there. And he was really, like, cool and disinterested. Yeah. And I was buying some running gear. And I piled quite a lot of stuff on the counter. And he was on those ones he just looked fucked off that I was even there. And so he checked it all through. Yeah. And then one thing I bought was a hoodie. And he picked it up and he did sort of raise his eyebrows. And I hadn't checked the price properly. And it was a very similar situation. I think I'd missed off a, a naught or something. And he he scanned it in. And when I and then he, he he asked me for the full amount. And it was a huge sum. And I paid it sort of in a daze and thought, it can't have been that much. So as I walk out the door, I checked the receipt thinking, he seemed like a bit of a cunt. He probably made a mistake. And I realised that the hoodie that I'd bought was like 150 quid or something fucking for a running hoodie. hoodie. And I uh, walked, and I didn't fucking hesitate. I did what a man should do. I walked back, I walked up to him. I wasn't intimidated by his sort of coolness. I just went, oh, I've just realised this cost 150 quid. He went, yeah, and I went, I can't afford that, so I want to <laughs> take, bring it back, please. And he just uh, disarmed him. Because if I tried to bullshit and go, oh, I've just realised I've got another one of these at home, so I don't really need it. I'll, it's much better to just go, I'm fucking skinned, mate. I can't afford £150. I can't pound, do it. this. Do you think I am? Fucking made of money. Give it back to me. And then just did it. And, it, you know, then he couldn't sneer. So if, if you realise you've made a mistake, just always yeah, do just that. Fess up. Front it out. Well, yeah. he says, uh, outside the shop, I confessed to Lee. My dad's on the door in Cork and I'm spending 11 grand on a fucking watch. Yeah. Lee broke up laughing. Okay, I beg, don't tell the lads. No, Roy, no way, Lee assured me. I won't say a word. He told everyone. Couldn't wait and I couldn't blame him. The story kept the dressing room in good humour for days. How's that watch, Roy? Keeping time? They said. <laughs> Jalapeño. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jalapeño. USA 1994 World Cup. We're back with the Island Squad again. He describes it as a carry-on shambles. After humping our own luggage through the airport, we checked ourselves in for the special Aer Lingus flight carrying the team, supporters and journalists to the States. 
on the flight Jack and Morris setters the coaching staff and the FEI officials and their wives took their places in first class we were back in economy class with the fans and the journalists no space no privacy no respect I wasn't even allowed to take Game Boy on <laughs> I had nothing to do for nine hours they took it away from me at security I've no idea why I saw Jack Chardon having a wee word with them about it though I don't know if that was connected <laughs> Then I saw Morissette is getting off first class. <laughs> he had a Game Boy in his hand. <laughs> That's my fucking Game Boy Setters. <laughs> he says it's not. I've got some stickers on it. Look, it's mine. Got island stickers all over it. I fucking knew, though. I'd attach the human hair to the main button. Them stickers look fresh. <laughs> I'd wipe the snot on, it, on the back of it. <laughs> my DNA was all over that Game Boy. Well, good luck to your setters. Yeah, I bet you get your high scars fucking shite. <laughs> Even by the time you get all the way over there to the United States of America. Let me see the high score on that, will you? I thought not, it'll be mine. 911. <laughs> You're pathetic. <laughs> it goes on, uh, the training camp was in Florida at Orlando. The facilities were put on by the Americans were perfect, but the training by Morris setters was crap. I was used to the well-planned, always interesting and relevant routines by Brian Kidd. By comparison, setters hadn't a clue. One of the keys to a proper training session is not to have players hanging around. Organisational skills are required, which setters didn't appear to have. We hung around. The one idea Big Jack and setters Okay, had... lads, today what we're going to be doing now, I want you all to be hanging around. Okay, so maybe you, let's divide you all up into three groups, right? One bunch of you over there, and I want to see you all hanging around. And we're going to do this for about an hour, and then we're going to do some stretching, and the, that'll be us done for the day. We've had the statisticians in. They found out that at a 90-minute game, there's only about 53 minutes of actual football. The rest of it's hanging around. So you got we got to work and are hanging around. You, I'll John Aldridge that's good hanging around look at him look what he's doing there he's, he's made the effort to actually get down sit in his ass Steve Starton you've tried to put your hands in your pockets there but you're wearing football you shirts with no pockets, pockets man <coughs> basic, think about it basic use your nonsense. fucking brain put your hands behind your head maybe do a little stretch something like that <laughs> scratch your balls a bit why don't you Packy Barner go on you got giant big balls they must need scratching you're trying to bite your fingernails there, but you got gloves on. Take the gloves off first, otherwise you're just nibbling at glove. Come on now, these are the basics. <laughs> if Ireland's going to do well in this World Cup, we're going to be doing a lot of hanging around. Because <laughs> the last thing we want to do is try and play fucking football. Waste of time. And he says the one big idea that Jack and Setters has was to run the bollocks off us every day. The theory was that we'd get used to being knackered and therefore wouldn't wilt during games. This is Jack said this. We'd get, yeah, that, well, right. the theory was. I don't know if this is Keane's interpretation to, of the you theory. You need to run your bollocks off, lads. Right. Now, my brother, Bobby, he, I don't get on with him, as has been well documented. And one of the reasons for that is that since he's retired... He's gone into the blinding business, right? And what gets me, lads, is that a lot of people would say that he's the nice one and I'm the gruff one just because I was a centre-back. But say what you like about me, right? I've never blind a kiddie. Never. <laughs> right? Uh, Where's all this going, Bass? I don't understand why you're telling us this about your brother. Who gives a fuck about him? we got a World Cup to play in here. Hey, wait, I'm getting round to it. 
I might not be here now if it wasn't for your brother and the blinding. He got rid of Kenny Dalglish for me. Now, I won't have a word said against his blinding business. It's a good fucking business, that. It's bailed me out on more than one occasion. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, what I'm trying to say to you is, Roy, is that he's threatened it with you, but he's never done it to a kiddie, has he? <coughs> and you haven't seen him do it to these wee African kiddies like I've done. <laughs> right? What kind of a fucking team talk is this? We're about to play Italy, right, in our opening World Cup game, and you're talking nonsense. If you've got something to deal with with your brother, go and deal with him about it. <laughs> And Roy says, the opposing theory that we might conserve our energy in heat that we'd never encountered before, the idea that we might pass the ball and make the opposition do the running, never seemed to have occurred to Jack and Morris. <laughs> Their theory was to run the fucking bollocks off every match. Uh, but he says, as Big Jack himself appeared for England in the 1970 World Cup finals in the heat of Mexico, this was a mistake we didn't really have to make. And there was two or three days of duff training and one day Jack disappeared, leaving Morris setters in charge with the sun blazing down. Um, he ran us into the ground. Then he set up an 11-a-side game on the full pitch, which was a farce. Nagged, we didn't know whether to laugh or cry. Uh, Andy Townsend, the captain, told setters we'd had enough. I tell you, when you've had enough, was setters' response. We just down tools. <laughs> Next thing, Andy... I tell you when you've had enough. Now, you've had enough. <laughs> go on, go back to your rooms. <laughs> go and have a wank or something. <laughs> Imagine the amount of wanking that players do at can World you do, Can you have a wank when you're dehydrated? Would, like, would, would, it's would, dangerous. Would spunk be no, sort of disappearing in the same way the body fluids would? It's dangerous. you sweat out spunk? It's dangerous to do it. They, you know, letter of the law, if you go and see a doctor, mm. they'd say don't wank when you're dehydrated. But right. doctors say lots of things, don't they? Yeah. Doctors say don't drink on antibiotics. Yeah, but you do it. You do it's it anyway. fine. Like, doctors will tell you that fags are bad for you, yeah. right? And it's, there's a lot of, who knows, big pharma, blah, blah, blah. Who knows what the doctor's agenda is? They're bacon's bad for you now. Are you telling is that, me... Is that the vegan lobby? That all those Italians and Spaniards, you know how sex mad they are, yeah. right? Telling me they're not wanking left, right and centre. And it's baking all year round there. Yeah, that's why they have siestas, isn't it? Yeah, because they've had, they've wanked themselves. Wank, wank and a lie down. <laughs> they have their afternoon wank. They've got to have a kip after so they're yeah. dehydrated as it is, even before the wank. But when you're at a World Cup, there's all that time. Seriously, that when you hear players talking about World Cup, it just sounds really terrible. Like mm. there's just loads of time, and I've even read and heard it indicated that sometimes players want to get knocked out because they're just sick of being away. Yeah, I mean, you know, imagine me. You know what I'm like in my homesickness. Yeah, you'd be ringing your mum all the I'd time. Be an, you? I'd be a nightmare. My mum would be like Charles Hawtrey's mum in Carry On Abroad. <laughs> She'd find a way of coming <laughs> along with me. Oh, do be quiet, mother. Make sure you put plenty of paper down first. <laughs> but these um, these World Cups that are in hot conditions or high altitudes, they also they sometimes go for pre-tournament wank camps, don't they? Yeah, <clears throat> the pre-tournament wank camp where they get their cocks acclimatised. Yeah, to the wanking conditions. Mm. Like they'll go to Colombia or somewhere like that and do a bit of wanking for a couple of weeks and then move on to the, the country where the tournament is. You see these SAS guys, they're... Yeah. Um, they're trained to wank in extreme environments and temperatures of all types. So yeah. you will go for for a month in the Arctic wilderness, mm. like wanking into ice. And, 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 it, co and it comes out as ice, doesn't it? comes out as an icicle. Yeah. Like Iceman. Snap it off. It's like Iceman, you know? Yeah. You it's like that. And then you can snap it off and do what you want with it. <laughs> bury it in the ground. <laughs> yeah. That's what they do, yeah. Because then it, if, if they don't bury it, then their enemies will 
smell the scent. Yeah. Um, and equally, they'll do it in the desert, and they'll also do it in tropical conditions, mm. uh, where it's very humid. Yeah. And. Uh, and what, how does that affect? It just means your spunk's extra moist. <laughs> I'm Andy McNabb, and this is extreme wanking. This one that is. I'm Andy McNabb. This is wanking all over the world. <laughs> well, here we go, and here we go, and here we go. Knocking one out in Mexico. <laughs> here we go. Oh, wanking, wanking all, all over the world. world. <laughs> You're listening to BBC Radio 4. I am Sam Delaney, and I'm joined by Andy Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Radio 4 ship's sealed now, Sam. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so, yeah, there was a, a mutiny, as Roy described it. The press were there as well. Although, at first, I don't think they copped what was going on. <laughs> Setters started shouting at nobody in particular. Andy repeated that we'd had enough. The news finally reached the media. Bust up in training camp. Keen in bust up in Irish training camp was an untrue story. I'd simply followed the herd. Although I completely supported the walkout. Um... When Jack finally returned, he called a team meeting to find out what had happened. Then he proposed a solution. Settlers and I would hold a press conference to clear the air. Everything was fine would be the message. But it wasn't set. It wasn't Roy. It was Andy Townsend that instigated it. Yeah. So I don't know what Jack was doing here. Was making an example of Roy trying to protect Townsend, Townsend from the flak and make Andy it Townsend, seem like... Andy Townsend, a.k.a. Captain Beaky. Captain Beaky. He had that big beak, didn't he? And then it got smashed in. Yeah. So it went all wonky as well. It turned into just like blubber, didn't it? Yeah. Official blubber. That wasn't an official nickname, though, was it, Captain Beaky? I used to call him that. To his face? No, not to his face. No, I've never, I don't think I've ever met Andy Townsend. It's on my bucket list. That's though. the thing about Andy Townsend, you never really know whether you've met him or not. No, for all I know, I might have lived with him for yeah. a few years. Just been wiped immediately from the memory. So instead of saying that I hadn't had a bust-up with setters, in fact it was Townsend, I went along with the party line. Good old Roy. Better Roy from Manchester United. Controversial Roy. Better to be Roy from Manchester United, controversial Roy, than Big Jack's, Big Jack's captain, Andy Townsend. Mm. This would reflect badly on Big Jack and setters. I was a much more convenient patsy. Oh, he's like um, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Pretty much, yeah. And that, but fortunately, Jack Ruby didn't come along and shoot him during the press. Townsend is no. So what? So Townsend's Jack Ruby. Townsend's the CIA, isn't he? And Setters is JFK. And Jack Charlton is Jackie Kennedy. Jackie Kennedy trying in vain to grab his demolished brain and put it back in. Yeah, horrible, horrible to see. Poor old Jack Charlton. Jackie Onassis Charlton, Charlton. Kennedy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that works yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> like a fool I played the role he says the anger only rising in me when I walked into the glare of the television lights along my good friend and ace coach Morris Setters Charlton was clever with the media on this occasion his plan worked perfectly I became the story nobody asked why he had been absent from training even if he's gone on a mission to meet up with Bobby Probably. Who knows? This is it! We moved on to New York for the Italy game, which of course they famously won. Brilliant. 
Um, several players complained quietly about the size of our hotel rooms. Ray Houghton and John Aldridge, Ooh. Liverpool players, used to the best. Joke there wasn't enough space for them and their suitcases. Shadows of what was to come in Portugal many years later. Yeah. And There's a thread of in, accommodation. In, in, in all honesty, this might have been where Roy Keane picked up. Because he saw senior pros much older than him yeah. saying, this and this is unacceptable. And you see that when you're young, you see people older than you making certain demands, setting certain boundaries. And you think, oh, kicking off. And you're allowed to say that. And then you oh. get older and you think, no, I think Fuck this it. is. And they, he saw John Aldridge complain about that. And then years later, mm. he went mental over the fucking timeshare that Carlos Quiros. And that, of course, is where Yaffle came into it his was. life for the first time. And of course, Roy'd been living in the Four Seasons for a few months at this stage, which was fine. Tell you what. You wouldn't get this at the Far Seasons. They've got, you know what they've got? They've got something called a business centre. You go down, lower ground floor. They've got two computers and they've got something called a fax machine. <laughs> I spend hours in there playing around, drawing on bits of paper, <laughs> going on the computer, writing things down, and you can change the colour of the fucking writing. <laughs> I learned how to do it. It was great. Do they have a business centre here? Do they fuck? Or at least I've not found it. I've been on the PC and I got this thing called Encarta. It's like an encyclopedia, but it's not massive. It's all on the screen there. It's the most futuristic thing I'd ever seen. You can learn about elephants and you can learn all about spunk and everything. It's all going on there. And elephant spunk. And elephant spunk. You just put it in, type it in. It's the future. I can't imagine life ever getting better than Encarta. <laughs> Uh, Roy says the hotel wasn't the best but to be honest I would have slept on the street to play the World Cup finals you want to test yourself against the best and in 1994 that meant playing in this tournament he then goes on to say that he thinks the Champions League is better than the World Cup and of course it was they, amazing um, do you have big memories of um, do you have big memories of that Irish victory yeah uh, Italy. it was great it was, it was amazing it? yeah it was fantastic well, because, because England weren't in it we all got super behind Ireland we did and that was a massive game I remember someone threw a party it was <clears> that <throat> we were that everyone was a plastic paddy and they threw a fucking big uh, they threw someone threw a big party and had a big cinema screen yeah. and we went absolutely fucking apeshit Ray Houghton scored didn't they Every, yeah everything was Ireland the cranberries got in the charts yeah um, do you have to do you have to always finger <laughs> <laughs> bet, bet one of my favourite songs about fingering yeah Johnny Logan won the Eurovision Song Contest yeah. again probably um, all that kind of thing yeah the, the provisional IRA were at it weren't they yeah. during that period of time did they do more or did they have a ceasefire uh, one of them I don't know I, I, think they, I think they were up to something up to their old tricks yeah and uh, <laughs> yeah all in all everyone was banging to the Irish yeah so Ireland won that game yeah and then they ended up uh, getting knocked out against the Dutch I don't remember that match quite so much do you? Um, it doesn't say the score here yet. I'm up to look it up it might be on in Carter I'm not sure but um, they got knocked out by the Dutch they got knocked out by the Dutch I do remember uh, that I think was that uh, on penalties? I can't remember Roy says that uh USA 94 exposed Charlton's crude approach to the game. There was no plan B, nothing. At half-time, when a real manager can earn his corn by adjusting the tactics to meet the demands of any given situation, the great man offered nothing except bluster. And even he had run out of bluster by half-time in the Dutch game. And after that Dutch game, Roy was selected by the FIFA dope test people. Um, 
Yeah, it does a joke. I thought the travel arrangements in the midday kickoff were the FIFA dope test. That's very good. <laughs> uh, because he was dehydrated, it took a couple of hours to pass urine for the test. I was longing to get home to see my wife and old baby Shannon, who'd been born a short while earlier. But no, he was there um, trying to piss while dehydrated. I wonder if they would have accepted a wank instead. Can I just wank into that? Well, I've got a question. <laughs> Quick question for you fellas. <coughs> How about you accept this cup of spunk? Because the, 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 the urine's not coming at the moment, but I've got a whole cup load of this stuff. <laughs> Do you know? Okay then. What shall I do? Shall I bury it in the ground? Don't worry, I just, I'm just nipping out back to bury this. I'll be back in the jiffy and then hopefully I'll do a wee tinkle fire. <laughs> what do you mean I'm not allowed to leave the room? Because I've got a fucking buried. If not, they'll track me down, won't they? They'll smell me. You know, listen, I don't know how much you FIFA cunts know about me, but you know there's a fucking wooden bird back from England who's got a contract out on me. He'll be hunting me down, don't worry about that. He's if seen me on the TV, he knows exactly where I am. He knows where I am. He'll be here somewhere. He's got a fucking wind whisperer working for him. One knows what you call him, Native Americans, one of your fellas. Have you never seen bad puss before? The one thing about your is they can smell spunk from a hundred yards. <laughs> you must have seen that on the have episode. You not seen that episode where he can smell the spunk at the bad puss is done. And he goes fucking ape shit about it because he said you spunked all over Emily's workshop. You made a real mess of it. You dirty you? little fucking cat. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you're always sleepy. <laughs> Backpuss, you silly bastard. You've been wanking again in the workshop. When Emily comes home, she's not going to like it. Come on, get those mice out to clear it up again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Don't tell me it's not your spunk. I've got a nose for this stuff. I can smell it. <laughs> it's terrifying. This fucking bird can smell the sp- I've got to fucking bury the spunk, fellas. I'm sorry if I'm breaking rules here, but I've got to insist. I don't mind if one of you has come out and escort me and watch <laughs> me do it, but it has to be done. I'm going to dig a hole with my hands. You know, like you see a mole doing. And I dig down nice and deep, put the spunk down there, bury it all up, cover it up with some bits so, you know, he doesn't notice. Some leaves, some foliage. And then we'll be fine. We'll get back we'll to get work back, on the old piss. Get back to the urine. <laughs> I'm sorry if I've distracted us all. So there we are, and that was the end of World, uh, Roy's World Cup 94. It started with promise, the middle bit was glory against Italy, and it ended with him burying a little test tube of spunk in the ground. In front of some FIFA officials, and um, sort of getting his first kind of y- y- yaffle episode. A metaphor for all of us, mm. I think, for life itself. Yeah. So we'll leave it there, and... Um, We'll be back with another episode next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.